Mum As You Are is a place for self-compassionate reflection to use what you have within you right now as you are perfectly imperfect to find your way through motherhood. I'm Dr Erin Bauer, clinical and perinatal psychologist, author of More Than a Healthy Baby, course creator and mum of two. This is my second podcast, welcome if you've followed me over from my birth trauma work. This current podcast offering is bite-sized, unfancy and unplanned. A roadmap for finding your way back to self-compassion and how to replace numbing and escapism with true, meaningful fun. I talk about motherhood as an identity and an institution, perinatal mental health and patriarchy, parental burnout and numbing. The core message is to practice the question, I wonder. Instead of judging ourselves and engaging in comparisonitis, we simply ask ourselves, I wonder. I wonder. All right, 10 things to slow down mum life. And coincidentally, I might go through these a little quickly because I just don't want this to be too long. But these are not rules. They're guidelines, suggestions, things that I have found along the way of doing my own slow living minimalism, things that I know just really help me. And so maybe some of them will help you too. Number one is monotasking or single tasking, you might call it. So not multitasking, really just doing one thing at a time. And for me, that might be with work, I will turn everything off and do half an hour of solid work rather than have my email open, the internet open, notifications open, and then find that that actually takes two hours. You know, sometimes it can take you up to 45 minutes to return to a task when your focus is interrupted. So for work things, yep, I definitely try and single task, but also just kind of stuff around the house. You know, there's something meditative and mindful about just doing one thing so you know for some people that might be like you peel potatoes maybe you don't want to peel potatoes maybe you don't want to do that but choosing something around the house that needs to be done and just doing just that one thing just one at a time it really helps your brain to process that's often the times when you come up with great ideas and you feel calmer and you have insights because it's that consolidation time that's why we have good ideas and thoughts in the shower because we're not multitasking. We're just doing one thing. Um, so, yeah, alongside with that, I would say number two would be choose some form of non-multitasking leisure that you do in the week, which means something where you can't be on your phone at the same time just for that checkout now. In an amazing world, maybe that's you go get a massage, you get your nails done. I used to like getting my eyelashes done because it forced me <laughs> to lie there for an hour and not do anything else and not get up and, you know, have to go and attend to things. That's one version of things. Another version might be stacking wood. It might be going for a walk. I'll talk about this in another point too, but 
doing something where you are just doing that one thing. You're not watching TV and on your phone. You're not doing something and scrolling at the same time. It is just a, like a high quality leisure activity, ideally, whatever that means to you, where you are just doing one thing and you're just focusing on one thing. Number three is decluttering. Love a good declutter. It might be, like it doesn't always happen. The clutter just accumulates, doesn't it? Whether you mean for it to or not. Um, I don't kind of set strict routines or anything about that. I would just suggest maybe one thing a week, one drawer, one cabinet, one kind of high traffic area that always gets full of stuff and think about it. Like if you haven't used something in 90 days, are you actually going to use it again? You know, for things like your kitchen cabinets, like do you really need six wooden spoons or could you just manage it with one or two? Make that choice yourself, but a good declutter. Actually, it also, I'll talk about this in another episode, but it, it kind of forces you to do some of that emotional cleansing because you have to confront, oh, I bought this thing, I don't need it, what does it mean, I don't use it. it it's a good way of practicing self-compassion, of going, oh, okay, I'm learning. I'm learning. That's okay. It's okay to have bought stuff, realize you don't need it or don't want it and move it along. You don't have to keep it as a like way of hiding to the world that you made a poor choice. If that's where you're going with this. Okay. Um, four would be letting your kids get bored. Like we have too much stuff. We know we have too much stuff. And I think Something I definitely noticed from myself, like over that pandemic lockdown time, is that I just bought more and more stuff for the kids to do <laughs> from Kmart or whatever because I kept feeling like, oh, you know, they're missing out, they need to be entertained. It's probably also just like the dopamine hit from having something new to buy. But really, see if you can pair back and pair back and pair back and pair back. And even if you don't throw stuff away or donate it, Put it away in some boxes or in the garage for a while. See if your kids even notice that it's gone. You might shock yourself. <laughs> I think also number five would be having one hour. It doesn't always happen. Most of the time for me, actually, it doesn't happen. But one hour a week to work on yourself. Now, whether that is your mind or your body or a bit of both. So going to therapy, doing breath work getting myotherapy or massage, going to a naturopath, you know, doing something that's actually looking after your health. So you've got somebody that you're seeing every week who has time to see you. I'm a big fan, obviously, of going and checking in with your GP and doing that. But having someone, I think potentially, like allied health, whatever that means, who you've got like a whole 45 minutes or an hour with, who's actually going to get to know you. Those are often the people who notice, gee, you're looking run down or you seem to be going better. It's just that point of connection as well, thinking about your health like very broadly. Going to bed early. It's boring. It's sometimes hard to do. But one of the only ways I can function, to be honest, like after, so my oldest is seven. She, well, no, she's not seven. She's almost seven. She kind of mostly sleeps through the night but even now if she gets sick or something's happening at school she gets night terrors we've just had a week of night terrors it's been years since she's had one but still I don't get a lot of sleep so honestly the only way I can function is I go to bed when my kids have gone to bed 
I don't sit up and watch shows. I do sometimes, but, you know, not for hours and hours and hours. I don't respond to messages. Like, basically, if you try and message me or email me after 7 o'clock, I'm not going to answer because I need that full wind-down time for myself. So I go to bed early. It's the only way I can cope. It's boring, but it works. <laughs> and I think number seven would be just have your kids do one extracurricular activity. I, like, I, for me, it's a personal thing. I will say anecdotally, when I used to work as a child psychologist in one of Melbourne's top practices, some of the most anxious, stressed kids I ever saw were ones who were doing like four or five plus activities after school a week. And then their parents would want them to come and see me at five o'clock in the evening. Your kids don't need to be entertained as much as you think they do. Unless it's kind of like a thing where you're like, all right, you sort of need the childcare for someone to manage your kids. There's that. I totally get that. But they don't need to be doing multiple activities. They are not going to be missing out if they do one or even no activities. My kids did swimming for a bit. COVID hit. We stopped that for a good 18 months. Probably had almost two years of not doing activities, which was nice. They've just started uh, dancing because it's something they negotiated and negotiated with and really wanted to do. They both go to the same place. It's on a Saturday morning. It's not a huge chunk out of our lives. I'm just not a big fan of kids, particularly in primary school age, doing activities after school. I think after school is for decompression, processing. That's a personal thing, but it is also a professional thing. I will say your kids do not need that many activities and do you really enjoy schlepping them around? No, it could go potentially. Just like consider it. I can hear the echoes of people going, no, 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 that wouldn't work. If you really enjoy it and it's super meaningful and it's not causing stress to your life, that's one thing. But if you're just putting your kids in activities because it's what everybody else is doing, why? Why? Just consider it. That's all I'm saying. I would also put for number eight, simplify your laundry. <laughs> simplify your cupboards. My kids, I've started buying them a lot less. Now, I still have mountains of washing. Where does it all come from? Like, honestly. But we don't have multiple, multiple, multiple pairs of things that we just don't need and it creates to the wash. I don't buy anything generally that can't all go in the machine at once. So avoiding red clothing, avoiding fussy clothing that needs to be ironed. I don't iron. I have never ironed. I used to watch my mother spend hours on a Sunday doing the ironing and vowed as a young child that was not for me. I was never going to do it. And that has <laughs> lived up. It's just not something that brings me joy and I don't think it's necessary. I don't have a lifestyle and neither does anyone else in my family where we need to iron. So stuff all goes in at once. If it's super delicate, there's not many things that are super delicate, but simplify it. Consider if you can simplifying your life. So you're buying stuff that doesn't need ironing. It can all go in the wash together. Nothing's going to turn pink. It just makes life easier. Hang stuff up, right? Hang stuff on a hanger instead of ironing it. It's and also, consider that if people in your life are judging you based on your wrinkly clothes, do you really want them in your life? <laughs> That's my personal opinion. Number nine, quiet time. So instilling from an early age, 
with your kids, with yourself, the value of quiet time. Of There's a two-pronged thing here. One is like encouraging children to rest can be difficult, particularly if you say things like having a nap or having a rest. Sometimes just sitting down with a book to have quiet time, it's not exactly the same as sleeping, but it's creating that association that it is important to wind down and just let the brain settle, let the nervous system settle and so instilling quiet time. The other thing that's handy about that is that it's a two-pronged thing for me. It's like there's a set time in the day. Again, doesn't happen every day. I have to be honest, now that my kids are in school, it is a little bit harder. But definitely when they were little, it was easier sometimes, not all the time, sometimes, but to see them, to see, have them see you rather, like physically sitting down with a book, right? So we all think about this, like, oh, we don't want kids who are on their phone all the time like we are. How do we set up those habits? you need your kids to actually see you sit down with a book. I'm not saying sit down and read chapters and chapters and chapters. Maybe sit down and read one page. It's more the consistency of the action. Oh, this is something that we do as a family, right? It's a value. It just comes back to that. If it's a value that you have, you value quiet time, you value time off your phone, your kids need to see it. You can tell them a thousand times, oh, you know, but, but like my kids see me on my phone too much of course they do it's a still working on still working on a process but making myself not making myself choosing that's a value I want to choose is I sit down with an actual physical book so my kids can see that I'm a reader we are readers we value rest and quiet time and then number 10 which I talked about a little bit before was movement but movement without multitasking so going for a walk without listening to a podcast, without listening to music, so that you can actually focus on all your senses and let that become like a kind of in-your-body process. Now, it might be that when you're doing some of your monotasking, it's not pure monotasking. Like I think listening to a podcast where you fold the laundry, if you hate folding laundry, is a good thing to do. And a lot of people listen to music while they exercise and that helps them get into a zone. But think about even just taking a short walk where you don't look at your phone. I'm not necessarily, like ideally you don't take your phone with you, but maybe you need to take it. That's not my judgment call to make, that's for you. But walking without doing something at the same time leads to insights, it leads to peace, it leads to discoveries if you talk about like different people through history and amazing ideas that they've come up with, you know, solutions to war, um, scientific problems. Like a lot of it, if you go back and research it, people came up with their idea when they were like walking or in the shower. <laughs> so those are 10 ideas, no hard and fast rules. See if any of that feels fitting for you to take away. Talk to you next time.